Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to another episode of Reach. Today in the studio, I'm joined by the lovely and six-month pregnant <laughs> Anne Borja. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for having We're me, We're so Jessica. excited I'm so to excited have to you be here. and to have this conversation with you, which I think is going to be super valuable for a lot of women who are executive assistants, mm-hmm. but also being women, mm-hmm. oftentimes find themselves at a, at a stage of life where perhaps they are pregnant and or thinking about starting a family mm-hmm. and trying to plan their career and their family life mm-hmm. around that event. Right. And so today this is such an awesome opportunity to sit down with you and explore um, how you're managing and navigating through that situation. But yep. before we do that, yep. just a little bit about you by way of introduction. So Anne is currently supporting the co-founder and CEO of Lyft, mm-hmm. who I think pretty much everybody knows uh, <laughs> or has, has taken uh, one of their, their cars and used one of their ride-sharing services. Um, so Lyft has had a phenomenal year, mm-hmm. having gone IPO uh, very recently, just yes. a couple of months ago. And Anne was obviously an integral part of that and, and walking through that process and navigating that process with her executives. So you went through an IPO and a pregnancy That's right. all in the same year. year. It's right. been just insane. Yes. Um, talk about like really a rocket ship kind of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Lyft, you worked for Tidemark. Uh, you've also worked in venture capital. You were at yes. Greylock for a number of years. Yes. So you've had an incredible career working for some absolutely phenomenal um, organizations. Yes. So, so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so again. Welcome. So grateful to be here. Great. So maybe just to start the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Um, you're coming up on your third trimester. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So kind of a couple of months um, from when you're probably going to start your leave. Yes. So would love to kind of understand from you, you know, if you've already started the planning process mm-hmm. for when you will go out on leave mm-hmm. and kind of how you're approaching that, right? Like what, mm-hmm. are, you, what are you thinking about? Right. Um, how are you creating that plan, yes. what's most important to consider when That's you're thinking right. about, obviously, you support a CEO yes. in the midst of a super high growth you know, phase of, of the company's um, career. So you can't just leave them in the lurch, right? That's so right. how do you prepare to step away? So this has always been one of my fears before, like having a child and knowing mm-hmm. the demands of being an executive assistant. I didn't know that you can have both. Mm. And so I started, you know, I'm like, well, actually, I think I can. I I think I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then um, so that as for context, right, um, I knew that planning was going to be very integral in the process. I actually started planning when I was three months pregnant. Mm-hmm. For like a good EA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and I was thinking about this yeah. more like yesterday. It's like planning for a vacation. Mm-hmm. You you have to take a bigger look mm-hmm. at the bigger picture and also know what outcomes mm-hmm. you want. 
So I started planning month three, right? And um, I had to split up my role into three roles. Wow. So, and that consisted of, so the office of the CEO, everything related to the CEO, calendaring, managing the day-to-day operations, and then our executive operations, meaning our management team meetings, our agendas, um, communi- cascading of communications. Okay. And then the third piece is our EBP team. So our executive assistant, we call them EBPs okay. at, at Lyft, our EBP team, and we have a team of 60 people. Wow. So I've had to split those three. And then I started looking internally, you know, and combing through, like, our list of um, people who would be qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, and I started building it from there. And mm-hmm. it, it, it maybe took me a month. So by month four, so by June, I knew at the end of June, I wanted a solidified plan so that I can line up, you know, meetings with other executives who I was going to borrow other EBP's time for, mm-hmm. right? Because you need that buy-in. Yep. Did you find that people were, were receptive to that challenge and wanting to step up or? You know, there, to be honest, there were, it's a hard role to fill. Uh-huh. And it could be intimidating for a lot of team members, right? But um, I want people who are ready to step in mm-hmm. to be ready, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't want to put anyone in an uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. or to set them up for mm-hmm. failure if mm-hmm. someone isn't ready. Yep. So um, a couple of people, like, you know, raised their hands after I've asked them. Um, And yes, so they said, yes, I can do this. Um, And I knew that I wanted to spend at least a month training. Okay. So I baked that into the plan. Okay. So have you already started those training sessions at this point then? I'm starting in October. Okay. We actually did a kickoff meeting earlier this week, you know, to set the expectations of who is doing what and that. You know, this is the group of people who is going to who's going to be the heartbeat. Wow. To keep everything going while I'm away. Yeah. So and and I wanted to leave, you know, my boss peace of mind. Sure. And I and I think he's in a good place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so how are you thinking about obviously there's the things that you know. Yep. Which you can plan for. Um, You mentioned Mm -hmm. things like, okay, you know, executive business operations and, you know, meeting agendas and things like that. There's probably a regular cadence to those and there's probably a set format for how that works. And there's things that are more predictable in the role, Mm -hmm. but then there's things that are completely unpredictable, right? right. I mean, you and I were talking before we started about this legislative situation that's coming to fruition and Mm -hmm. it's going to be a really pivotal decision in the business of of both Lyft and other ride Mm -hmm. uh, hailing services. So there's things that you also don't know. So how, how... How are you managing your transition plan when you think about the immediate priorities and the Mm -hmm. things that are known here and now? Mm -hmm. But then how are you also thinking about like the longer term projects or the or the potential things that could develop? How are you um, planning for that? It's about scaling, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. as we grow, Um, because at some point I might not be able to do all All of it, everything. Mm And maybe I can, but then it doesn't hurt to have that community mm-hmm. of support mm-hmm. to fill in. Because, you know, let's say something happened to me, right? I want to be able to, you know, 
I want a peace of mind that mm-hmm. this can still keep going, and it will. Yep. But you have to put the right people in the right places, and so um, and to me, that's about scaling mm-hmm. up. Curious about the conversations that you've had with your boss, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, especially with the EA role and the EA to CEO role at that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a vital partnership. It and is. I don't think I'm putting words in his mouth if I, mm-hmm. when I say that, you know, I'm sure that he feels very much um, uh, dependent on you in mm-hmm. many ways and just having that confidence and that trust and that reassurance that that CEO assistant brings mm-hmm. to the executive. Mm-hmm. So what types of conversations have you had with him to kind of help him mentally prepare? Obviously, the work style is going to be different. The flow is going to be different. It's mm-hmm. not going to be you. It's going to be somebody else. So mm-hmm. how are you helping him to kind of um, get prepared for your departure? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, it's like it's like training anything, right? It's like training your kids. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, helping to train your partners and just like in any relationship. Um, so... It starts, I think, with behavior, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, he's so he's very busy. So it's not like we have like a very active, you know, conversations mm-hmm. like day to day. But what I what I do know is that I can control like certain behaviors. So I'll give you an example, yeah. right? So um, we work from our the peninsula, you know, on Fridays. Okay. Um, and there came to a point where you know, I, the commute for me. Going back home, to, back to San Francisco because I live in the city, yeah. um, was becoming a little bit cumbersome because I had to stop like you know every <laughs> couple of bathroom thirty breaks. minutes for bathroom <laughs> breaks. Yes, <laughs> you know, um, and so you know, and I had a conversation with him, just really informal. I was like, hey, yeah. I don't know if I can continue to be in Palo Alto, you mm. know, every Friday. And he was totally, he's like, totally get it. He's, mm-hmm. I'm you know, super supportive. Yep. So little things like, like minor tweaks like that yep. and, st- and, and just having just an informal conversation. And he's just, and what I'm, I've been grateful for Jessica is that, you know, our co-founders and like my boss, like, you know, they really wanted Lyft and they want Lyft to be a very inclusive place. And yeah. it's, it's an embedded in our core values. Mm-hmm. Right. And as such, we want everyone to be like their authentic selves and mm-hmm. bring their best, like, you know, to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and catering to all different walks of life, stages of life. And for me being, you know, six months pregnant in, right, he, he knows that he he's supportive of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I feel that gives me a peace of mind without having to feel judged. So I want to go back to something you said when we first started talking, Mm -hmm. which was that um, up until this pregnancy and Mm -hmm. fairly recently, you weren't sure that you could manage a a demanding and really vibrant uh, EA career with parenting. Mm -hmm. So what changed for you? And and how did, what was that pivotal moment where you decided, you know what, like, I can have it all. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So, well, um, you know, my husband and I, we, he, we've been married for five years, right? And I thought that, you know, we weren't going to have kids. Mm-hmm. And that was okay for me. And I, I thought I was going to always be a career woman. Mm-hmm. And I still am. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like a mentality shift. Like maybe it happened like three years ago. Okay. Like, hey, I, I miss being around family. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a big family, mm-hmm. five brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the only girl, mm. right? Yeah. And so like, I'm like, oh, I came from a big family. Right? I don't think 
you know, yeah. I don't necessarily need to have kids, right, to have a fulfilling life. But that cha- that changed for me, um, you know, when I had a trip back to the Philippines, and I not- I noticed like, my wow, there was like this void that was missing. Yeah. Um, and so I started warming up to the idea, mm-hmm. and then so you know, we were trying but not trying, mm-hmm. um, and then we we were blessed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we here we are. Here's this life, and yeah. we just had to make it happen. Right. You pivot. It's something yeah. that you really can't plan for until you're really in it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I was pregnant during the IPO, and I didn't know. Oh wow! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then so and and then the moment we found out, we're like, yes, we're gonna do this. Yeah. And then the light just you know snaps, and it just becomes clear to yeah. you, like. Yep. Hey, we can make this work. Yeah. And so talk to us about some of these inju- adjustments that you, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you're you're making adjustments in your current uh, state, mm-hmm. um, lifestyle-wise, and, and I mean, it's, it's no small feat carrying an additional person around uh, while you're walking around, navigating, commuting, mm-hmm. doing all the things that you do in your regular day-to-day. But... Um, I always joke, you know, I'm also a mother of two yes. kids, and I always joke, I'm like, you know, they're a lot easier to take care of when they're in the womb <laughs> than when they come out of the womb. That's right. Because yes. at least they're just confined, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. um, and they don't demand too much. No. But as soon as they come out of that womb, oh, my God, it's a whole other thing. Yes. So, like, what adjustments are you anticipating you might need to make in your life, um, maybe on a, on, a, on a professional level? Um, and have you started having, you know, conversations around that or what, what's your thought process on that? So, um, I know that, I mean, I clock in 10, 12 hours, Mm -hmm. you know, a day, Mm -hmm. sometimes 14. And it's not that, you know, it's, it's not that my boss demands that out of me. It is the volume, right. Of the little day to day things that, you know, my exec doesn't, you know, are not it's not necessarily privy to when yeah. other people are, you know, hitting me up for yeah. you know support. Yeah. Um, and you just make it happen. Yeah. And so I think the adjustment there is really to be high, even more focused mm-hmm. and more present, and in terms of prioritizing. Yeah. Right. Like, I I've never been one to draw hard boundaries, Mm. you know, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to look at, you know, my approach is more, how do we make this more integrative, but in such a way that doesn't take me away from my career and my family. So that really means just prioritizing, Mm hyper-prioritizing and not reacting Mm -hmm. to every single request, Mm -hmm. like, without thinking right. about it, right. right? It's like knowing that I can't clock in 10, 12 hours. And yep. there are going to be days where I will clock in 10, 12 hours. Sure. But because I have this new life, yep. you know, this yep. child to take care of, yep. you know, um, that is going to be a huge priority for sure. me. And and again, like I'm so lucky to be in a parent-friendly right. environment right. where – you know, everyone, we want everyone to feel sure. included. Sure. Right. And it doesn't sound how you've described your mm-hmm. current executive. It doesn't sound like, you know, he's the type of person who's necessarily pinging you, 
you know, up until midnight, yeah. 1 a.m., 2 a.m., mm-hmm. weekends kind of a thing. But there's plenty of executive assistants who are in situations like that. That's right. And I think that some of the conversations that maybe need to be had mm-hmm. um, when you're approaching a, a lifestyle change like this mm-hmm. are just around boundaries That's and right. how to set boundaries. That's right. How to enforce boundaries. Yes. And how to hold boundaries, Um, not in a way that suggests that you're not available, you're not committed, but Mm -hmm. just that you know you can't be available constantly, right? That that is yes. Um, And I think that can be like a really pivotal, important conversation for people to be comfortable having, so that they don't feel that um, that tension between their personal life and their professional life. That's right. Yeah. Maybe it's something as simple as, hey, you know. When you call between 6.30 and 8.30 at night, you know, just I need you to understand mm-hmm. that that's my primary time with my child. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the midst of feeding and dinner time and bath time and trying to get, you know, him or her to bed. Mm-hmm. And so if I can't pick up, it's not that I'm, you know, yeah. avoiding you, but it's that I, I'm not available in that window. That's right. I need you to respect that and yeah. know that I'll get back to you yeah. just as soon as I can. You That's know, so it's right. like just feeling empowered to know that it's okay to not always 100% be available. Yes. Again, like I'm I feel blessed because my exec, he's a father and he's oh, a that husband. Helps. Yeah. It helps. That helps a lot. Right. And yeah. he respects that. Like mm-hmm. he, he he knows he doesn't really call me like on the weekends. Yeah. Like if not, he, he probably has called me maybe twice yeah. because I knew it was urgent. Yeah. Right? But aside from that, because he is a family guy, mm-hmm. he knows it's important to be present with the family. I mean, mm-hmm. family first, right? Yep. Um, and and I didn't tell you this story, yeah. but um, and I'm going to share it with you. I promise it's related. Um, you know, when I was interviewing like at Lyft, you know, I was five weeks pregnant. And oh. so... I actually was very afraid, you know, to divulge that for the fear of discrimination, yep. Yep. et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, so that was my first pregnancy. But I, I went, um, I had a miscarriage. So I was going through a miscarriage while I was going through the interview process. Mm. And so, you know, I, I mean, I got the job. It was like, wow. This, I mean, it, it was like, it was almost poetic because it's yeah. like it, the experience almost birthed this experience, mm-hmm. you know, being at Lyft and supporting my CEO. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, I thought that that was like a blessing. And I shared that story with him. And you know what? He, he made me feel psychologically safe when he said, you know, it's OK if you ever want to have a child. He's like, I'll be totally down and supportive. Wow. Yeah. And then from there, yeah. I was like, wow, that made it okay yeah. for me to shift my mentality. Absolutely. That I can actually Absolutely. have kids. Yeah. And that, what a beautiful, I mean, that's, that's amazing that he gave you that reassurance. Yep. Um, because who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, you didn't feel that way previously because nobody had really let you know mm-hmm. that it was okay. That's right. And just having that solidarity, mm-hmm. um, what a powerful beautiful yep. gift that yes. he gave you to it, basically enable you to become a mother yep. really thank you yeah no yeah. It, it, it was it was huge yeah I also think there's something pretty awesome that happens mm-hmm. with us as working women which is like kind of like this flow effect mm-hmm. where it's like you just are in the zone mm-hmm. and I have never seen a more productive employee 
than a mother with young children. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Like there is something fierce about understanding that you have a finite amount of time. Yes. That, you know, it just really like sharpens your focus. Mm -hmm. It sharpens your efficiency. You were talking earlier about needing to prioritize. And Mm -hmm. and if you can't, you can't say yes to everything. So you become, you know, really very... um, efficient and almost ruthless about like how much can I al- allocate to this conversation how much can I spend on this task you know you just get much better at banging things out yep um mm-hmm. because you because you can't because you can't just be completely um available without any kind of constraints or whatever mm-hmm. so I'm curious like you mentioned the yes. prioritization thing yes. um like how else do you think that bringing this child into your lives um, might change how you approach your work. So I was thinking about that last night and I know I have to, I have to walk into the situ- to this new stage of my life knowing that things are not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm a perfectionist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, and I tend to overthink things like everything from my communications to emails to planning, but I need to let go of the idea of perfection and knowing that it's not going to be perfect mm-hmm. all the time. So, for example, I'm an inbox zero gal. Oh, I clear yeah. out my. I try to get my inbox to zero at yeah, you know, eleven o'clock in the nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so knowing that I'm not going to be able to necessarily get back to inbox zero Mm -hmm. you know maybe not right away Mm -hmm. right but like maybe in the beginning like I have to accept the fact that things are going to shift Mm -hmm. but for me it's the mentality shift of things don't have to be perfect all the time and I think that that's okay yeah and making peace with that I think that's very okay Mm -hmm. and like you said sometimes the trade-off is okay I could spend half an hour crafting the most beautiful perfect you know way of sending out this email or I can just get it done mm-hmm. take one minute on it mm-hmm. it may not be the most eloquent piece of writing or whatever that I've ever done it may not be as cute and clever as it could be mm-hmm. but I have these other things that I need to do and I have a hard stop at five that's so right. let's go that's right yes and, and like you said and being willing to accept that that's right um, you know I, I remember like um, when I first became a parent like I think initially um it was almost like I, I wanted to kind of keep the same relationship that I had to my work, mm-hmm. um, meaning like I wanted to be totally available and present. And, you know, if I was on a call, I didn't I didn't want the baby to be crying in the other room. And it was like I, I really wanted to just kind of like 100 percent maintain that professionalism, mystique, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like be if I'm on the call, I'm 100 percent on that call and I don't have any, you know, outside distractions or whatever. And then I think, you know, it, it creates so much like friction, you know, it does. Um, because you can't like you can't control. That's the thing about parenting is you can't really control all of the elements. And certainly children are cannot be controlled. <laughs> <laughs> they will do what they're going to do. And so I think also just being being comfortable owning that and being able to say That's to somebody right. like, hey, I'm totally listening. I'm totally paying attention. Yeah. Just so you know, I've got my kid in the car with me. So if you hear some sounds in the background, that's, right. that's what that is. That's right. But anyway, yes. how can I help you kind of thing, you know, because yes. it's like not not a apologizing for the mm-hmm. fact that, oh my gosh, I have a job and I have a demanding career. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, I'm also 
also a mother mm-hmm. and I'm doing that too, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it is. That's, that's how yeah. we roll. That's, so, yeah. you know, it's, and I think that when you kind of own it in that way, you know, yes. people are more um, compassionate and understanding of that. Absolutely. So, Anne, from everything that you've described about your current boss, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're in a, a pretty blessed position and that, you know, he's very understanding. Mm-hmm. He's very empathetic. He is also a father. Mm-hmm. He is also um, a husband. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's really been like the epitome of supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what advice would you have for other EAs who maybe don't have such a an understanding, compassionate boss? I mean, maybe, you know, we're, we're talking to an EA or, or an EA is listening today who's saying, well, you know, I tried to have this conversation with my executive mm-hmm. and he or she was um, kind of adversarial mm-hmm. and made me feel like, you know, um, I was doing something wrong or I was inconveniencing them. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for somebody who finds herself pregnant mm-hmm. but with a not very understanding boss? I would encourage, you know, more uh, digging in, like asking deeper questions like, you know, what is creating pause for you? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Is what kind of solution? You know, don't ask for solutions. Come with the solutions, mm-hmm. right? You, I think, you have to be ready to provide, you know, an outline of here are cert- here is how we can make this work. Mm-hmm. You can't approach conversations, I think, cold, mm-hmm. but you have to ask the hard questions. And sometimes asking the hard questions can be like the most fruitful. And they have to think about that. Like, why are you re- well, I, like saying, I notice that there's, you, you sound really charged. Let's talk about that. What, what's that about? Mm-hmm. But not in a way that's like, again, supercharged. Right. But, you know, in a way where it's like, coming from a place where they haven't heard you mm-hmm. from you before mm-hmm. that will help to create that pause right. and say, yeah, why am I reacting that way? Right, right. And maybe it's as simple as they're feeling insecure that right. you're going to not want to come back or That's you're right. going to want to come back but under very different terms right. or it's making them feel vulnerable right. or they're concerned that you're not going to be available in the same way that you were. And That's so right. maybe that's an opportunity for you to mm-hmm. also coach and say, look, you know, this is my game plan. That's right. I've still got your back. Mm -hmm. Yes, there will be changes. Yes, there will be modifications. Yes. But you're still my boo. Yes, that's right. (laughs) And we're still going to go through thick and thin together and we'll get through it. So, you know, it it is a very personal thing Mm -hmm. for everyone. That's right. And vulnerabilities can surface. Yes, Um, that's right. And, and, you know, Jessica, and for all the listeners out there who – I think, well, I've tried that. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Mm. It wasn't enough, and okay. I'm still getting this reaction. Okay. Then I would encourage, you know, each person to think, like, well, is this really the right place and the right environment for me? Yeah. We're living in times right now where a lot of women are taking are more career women more than ever yeah. who are managing families and managing both their careers. And so I think it would be so... It would it'd be impossible to avoid that those kind of conversations, yep. and for a work environment to not be supportive of that, then you I think um, one has a lot to think about. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, mm-hmm. and I think that you you try your best to reach like um, 
a, a mutually agreeable that's right. outcome. But mm-hmm. sometimes too, you have to call it, mm-hmm. um, if it if that's if that person or company just isn't receptive or supportive in how they need to be. That's correct. Yeah, yep. and I think Agreed. too, like. As women um, and mothers, more mm-hmm. importantly, um, for this conversation, that part of the process of becoming a parent, mm-hmm. there's a reason why we go through the pregnancy and the process of carrying a child and the augmentations that happen and your sleep patterns mm-hmm. and in your body and your hips widening and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Your, your body is preparing you for what's to come. Yes. Like it's not, you know, I know with myself, I was, I had crazy insomnia, mm-hmm. right? And I realized only after my second child was born, yeah, that was your body preparing you for how to get through life yes. on less sleep. And it's yes. like, oh, like there's so much that's just the grand design of this whole process yes. is really geared toward preparing you mentally, physically, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think too, the practice of speaking to a boss, advocating for what you need, having that somewhat uncomfortable confrontational mm-hmm. conversation to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. what's what's this attitude about? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's also preparing you for parenting. You know why? Because that's what you have to do as a parent. You have to advocate. You have to stand up for your kid. You have to stand up for what's right. You have to adjudicate situations. Yes. You have to be their strength. Yes. And you have to be willing to be that powerful voice and that powerful person yes. uh, who's willing to take a stand to defend your child or protect them or whatever it is. So it's like it's all in the service of this evolution that you're undergoing as you go from, you know, um, a person that doesn't have children to having children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's all part of the learning process. So um, there's a question we like to ask yes. everyone yes. as we're wrapping up, yep. um, which is if there was someone in the world, uh, anyone in the world, anyone in the, the history of the world that you could support, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. So I would say Oprah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you probably. I, don't I know. was just gonna say that's two for that's Oprah. Two, yes, <laughs> Oprah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I would say Oprah. Um, uh-huh. I mean, also because maybe I've never supported a female exec mm. before. Yep. And I was looking through, you know, the top 100 most influential people in the world of yeah. Times Magazine. Yeah. And they were mostly men. Yeah. You know, but I was like, you know, I, I actually would love to know what it would feel like to support a woman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no offense to my, <laughs> my sure. CEO, like, sure. right now. Yeah. But I think I would say Oprah or um, Michelle O. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. would be my second one. But yeah, though, I think those would be the top yeah. two. Who would you choose? Oh, I would be the worst EA in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot even answer that question. I am not qualified. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love no it. No way, no yeah. way. So... And do you think that you'd be willing to come back and do a part two Absolutely. after the baby? Not right away. Yes. Once yep. you, you know, get through your maternity uh-huh. leave and get back to work and whatever. But I think it would be so wonderful and beneficial to mm-hmm. hear, you know, there's all of these kind of all this intentionality that you're that you're putting out yep. um, and, and going into this with this very like a lot of composure mm-hmm. and like I think um, thoughtfulness. And I think it would just be wonderful for people to also hear, you know, when you've actually returned to work, mm-hmm. how that assimilation is actually happening. And it'd be so great. I would to love that. Here. Yeah. Yes, I would love that. So I'd would love be. to do a part Let's two. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. That would be great. Happy to report okay, back. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Share learning. Awesome. And I'm going to give you one bit of advice since okay. you've been giving everybody yes. advice. 
which is that um, when you go to the hospital to deliver that baby, mm-hmm. pack some snacks. Okay? okay. They will tell you, take CPR classes, yes. do this, do that, yes. la, 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 Lamas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pack some snacks. Some Nobody okay. tells you that. And <laughs> the thing is, you don't know when the baby's going to come. My okay. first baby came at like three in the morning. Uh-huh. There is nothing open at three in the morning when you have literally run a marathon uh-huh. and you're ready to like eat your own elbow <laughs> off. And I'm like, all I need is food. And the nurses are like, we have saltines. I'm like, like don't, don't give do me saltines. saltines. <laughs> That's not going to work. What is that? Crazy. Saltines oh. and applesauce. Oh, so goodness. for baby number two, okay. I had bread loaf. I had wow. salami, uh-huh. charcuterie, Ooh, mortadella, olives, nice. cheese, wine. Yes. And I was happy as can be. That's awesome. <laughs> so oh, I love that. Keep that in mind. Thank you. Yes, yes definitely. Good birthing advice. <laughs> thank you so anyway, much. Thank you, Anne. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Oh, I had, for, the, I had a really great time. Thank yeah. you. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Thank you.